You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist, episode number 145, Nine Signs You Have Good Doctor Syndrome. (laughs) I know, you guys are like, wait, what is that? (laughs) What kind of syndrome are you talking about? (laughs) Why do I have it? (laughs) All right, today we are going to dive in to... um, Something that I've noticed as a trend on social media, um, and somebody, some people have sent me articles on it um, that aren't on social media, but um, it's called good girl syndrome. And so that's where kind of the basis of today's podcast comes from. And for all you guys out there, this is, this is still applicable to you because we're not talking about good girl syndrome. We're talking about good doctor syndrome. And so if you're listening to this, most likely you're, you're a physician, okay? Um, or a healthcare provider or some someone that enjoys uh, what we talk about. So it's probably going to apply. So just change the wording if, if it doesn't quite apply on how we word it. But my guess is it does. So before we dive into that, I want to remind you, if you haven't gone and got your calm call checklist, definitely go do that, okay? Um, I'm not sure how long we're going to have it on the on the website, so uh, go get that before we switch it out because I have a lot of goodies coming up for you guys. Um, I've been very busy making things and working to create new things, new freebies, new things that will benefit you, um, that will, you know... Uh, help you guys apply the things I teach here. And so I'm going to be rotating through several more um, in the coming months. And so I want you to know, like, now's the time to go get it. So if um, if you haven't downloaded that yet, go over to my website, coach-miles.com forward slash checklist, all one word. Okay. I'll also put the notes uh, or the, the link, I guess, in the show notes. Okay. Um, so I will do that. And all you have to do is uh, go to that that part. You enter your information so I can send it in like a secure type email, right? And then you'll have the download in your inbox, okay? Um, and then that way you can go back to it again and again, okay? Um, so definitely go check that out. Even if you, you tend to do okay with call, it might be a good thing to have just for the future um, because I think that prevention, of course, we know is key, right? Um, but also you know, you never know what will happen in the future. And if you have a hard time or if you struggle with call in the future, um, or maybe you have a friend that has been having a hard time and you can totally forward it on. You don't have to send them to the website. You can just like get a copy for yourself, forward on the email, share it with a friend, share the love. Okay. Um, because we all know someone out there that maybe, maybe is, is having some burnout and maybe they haven't listened to this podcast or they don't recognize it yet, but we want to help. Okay. And so, so I'm always about like, like pay it forward y'all. Like that is how, how we not only grow this community and this podcast, um, but it's how we change medicine. It's, it's sharing it with our, our brethren, right? Or our sisters, right? So, um, so share it with, with one of those people in your life. Okay. All right. Today we are diving in and why this is important because some of the articles I read, um, really kind of got me thinking about how good girl syndrome is very akin to what I am now coining good doctor syndrome. Okay. And what like kind of where this comes from is the this concept that 
girls and and women are raised in um, you know society, at least in the U.S. Um, and probably a lot of the modern world. I don't know um, with different expectations than men. Okay, and so there's there's all kinds of stuff out there. You can go Google what good, good girl syndrome is if you want. Um, but essentially, what I want to talk about today is how that. Uh, you know, got me thinking about how we as physicians are raised in a society of medicine in a way that is very similar. And so what, you know, what we, we go through in our training and in the schooling leading up to, you know, becoming physicians really shapes our brains, okay? And even for years and years before that, like I would probably put some money on the majority of people out there listening to this being kind of that that person that maybe you're type A, maybe you like to be in control, maybe um, you got good grades all the time, maybe you hated to get in trouble um, as a kid, right? Like you're like the good kid, right? And so some of you may be like, yeah, but what's the problem? Who cares about that? Like I was a good kid. Like, yeah, of course, there's no problem with that. That's just, you know, how we were. And what we learned from that, though, is that we um, would, you know, complete something, we would accomplish something, we would do a very, very good job, and we would get the gold star right? And we get the A plus, we get the, you know, the scholarship, we'd get the, the honor, you know, grade. Okay. And what we learned from that was to not only we've talked about here to strive and accomplish and do more and like, you know, do actions to be seen as, as successful or as good, but also that's how we got our validation. That's how we got our love essentially. Um, Because whenever we did those things, the world then told us that we were acceptable and that we were worthy of love. Okay. And so, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but that really truly shaped each and every one of our brains at some point, probably on some level. Okay. And you may not relate to that part, but um, you know, maybe you do. (laughs) Okay. I know I do. Um, and so I, I always share with you my experience too. And so that is definitely my experience. I grew up wanting to be the best. I grew up wanting to be, you know, seen as the best or, or, you know, um, very good or super smart, you know, anything that I could do to show off, you know, how good I was in school, because that was, that was where I excelled. And that's where I then got that positive feedback. And so then I wanted more of that. Of course I did. Who wouldn't, right? What kid doesn't want a, hey, good job. But I didn't allow myself to also get good jobs in other areas or, Maybe I didn't give myself good jobs growing up either. I was very hard on myself. And I think that that probably applies to many of you as well. And I still am sometimes. And that is something that is, is um, I'm learning to, to do differently. And I think that many of you probably are as well. So, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, growing up, I really needed that external validation or the gold star, the achievement because I, I needed someone to tell me that I was, I was good enough, that I was worthy of love, that I 
you know, was acceptable. And I think that, you know, it's not about like, oh, this is fun at school. I enjoy school. Yes, I did. But also there was, you know, probably a large majority of decisions made um, on my part that were to, you know, impress people or to get that acceptance, to get that, you know, um, that feeling of, hey, I'm worthy in their eyes. Okay. Um, I didn't have the traditional physician background, which many of you may have, which, you know, is like everybody in my family is in medicine. No, I don't have that. Um, I grew up, my parents were, um, you know, like middle-class parents in rural Oklahoma. So really like looking back, I thought my parents were very successful. I thought that my parents were, um, and they are, they're successful people because success doesn't just come from money. Um, but I thought that we were rich growing up and reasons that I thought that were, you know, skewed in the views of a child. Um, I had everything I need. I had, I had clean clothes. I had, you know, plenty of food and, but I grew up in a place where maybe some people didn't have that. And so we were rich compared to many. We were, and I felt that. Um, but I, my parents definitely put pressure on me to do better than they did, um, to go above and beyond what they did. And I wanted so badly to please them. I wanted like so, so badly for them to think that I did a good job and that I accomplished that. Um, and that was driven home to me probably from a very young age of like, you can be anything you want to be, you know, asking what I want to be whenever I grow up, even though I'm like three or four, like I remember that. And, you know, having kids now, like I asked my kids, maybe someone asked them that, or I asked them that and they're like, you know, I want to be, Maggie says, you know, one of my, my girl twins, she's like, I want to be a flamingo when I grow up. And I'm like, yes, I want you to be that too, please. Because that's so you. Um, but it wasn't, that wasn't the feedback that I got whenever I was a kid, I think. And so I really strived to, um, you know, be seen as good and to be the best and to, try and reach that goal so that my parents could be proud of me and so I could get that love and acceptance and, you know, and what kid doesn't want that, of course. But, um, so, so what I want you to know is that, you know, this concept of, you know, good girl syndrome that everybody's talking about is kind of based in like how society views girls and women and wanting them to be, kind and caring of others and like women are expected, um, you know, to have, have different, you know, standards, um, than men are. Uh, and of course that's society. That's, you know, um, something that we can't change necessarily, but at least not all at once. And I think it is changing, but, um, you know, so that is, you know, something that is set at least, right now or this whole, you know, concept of good girl syndrome, like that's just how it was when we were kids. We were expected to, you know, be, be sweet and be kind and be polite. And if someone asks you to do something, you do it, you're helpful. Um, And so uh, that's kind of the concept of good girl syndrome is that you are a helper and you are caring, you care for others. If someone asks you to do something, you do it, you're obedient. And so there's a lot of things in that that I won't dive into, but kind of that concept is, is that's kind of set in, in motion um, as 
kids and then it, it sticks with you, right? And so same thing in medicine, y'all. So for the men out there that listen, we have not left you behind, okay? This is still the same. So um, in medicine, you know, our, our brains <laughs> see a lot of things, okay? And we are trained for so many years that, that I think that this applies. And so let's just start off with, okay, the nine signs that you may have good doctor syndrome, okay? And so what that is, is is the exact same kind of thing as like good girl syndrome, right? Except instead of trying to, you know, please your parents or please your teacher, right? As a kid, you are kind of, instead you're subconsciously trying to please your job, right? Please the hospital, please your boss. Um, You're trying to please other doctors. You're trying to please your patients, right? You're trying to um, really prove to this society that is medicine um, that you are worthy, that you are good, right? That you are a good doctor. And so the the nine signs are these. I'm going to list them out, okay? So sign number one, um, raise your hand wherever you're at <laughs> if this applies, okay? So sign number one, I put the needs of others first, even if it's at my own expense, Yep, check. Sign number two, I have a hard time setting boundaries and saying no. Sign number three, I seek external validation so I can feel good about myself. Sign number four, I tend to be overly polite and accommodating even when it goes against my true feelings. Sign number five, I avoid conflict or situations in which I might not be approved of. Sign number, let's see, where are we at? Number six, I strive for perfection in everything I do, and I feel like a failure if I don't achieve it. Sometimes this fear of failing even makes me not try something altogether because I might fail. Sign number seven, I am uncomfortable asserting my needs because I don't want to be an inconvenience to others um, in in which they might reject me for that, um, you know, for that assertion, right? Sign number eight, I believe my worth is predominantly tied to how well I take care of people around me or my patients, (laughs) right? Sign number nine, I often feel guilty for taking care of myself, okay? So these nine things are, you know, kind of what what, what I've compiled from reading about good girl syndrome that also apply to medicine right? And so as people talk about that, I'm like, holy shit, like, no, this is just, (laughs) this is how medicine and, and we may, we may interact with medicine, right? And so ultimately what ends up happening in good doctor syndrome is this cycle of self-betrayal for the sake of others. Okay. So you are quieting that inner voice that says, I, I really need sleep right now, or I really need to go to the bathroom, but there are three patients waiting. I'll just wait, right? Like you override it with, I'll just wait, right? And so that I'll just wait comes from the, the conditioning or the, the good doctor syndrome, essentially, right? That conditioning that then led to that, Okay because we don't want people to wait on us. We can, we can pee later. We don't want people to be mad at us, right? So 
I just think that, you know, we see this so often, so, so often. And, you know, I really think back on um, a client that I coached a while back. And um, I think that she will probably laugh at me for, for saying this and she would be fine with me saying this. Okay. Um, Because we are, we're actually good friends. And so um, she, she had this situation come up where her, um, a partner at work, someone in her group came to her and, um, and asked her to, um, switch call weekends. And she came and got coached and she was just like overcome with emotion. Like I could tell that it was like something was really wrong. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Let's talk about what you're feeling. Let's get some of this emotion out. Um, and she did. We, we worked through some of the emotions that she was having around this. And it was a very, very um, strong like set of emotions for her. Um, and it was just about, you know, which, which seemed it was just about a call, a call weekend switch, right? Like, what's the big deal there, right? But what had really happened was she had made plans to have like a, um, like a weekend trip that was like a girl's weekend where she was going to really prioritize herself and they were going to do like get some massages and do some self-care, take a yoga class. Like it was like at this resort that was all about um, like caring and recovering and like, you know, really, I guess, I don't know, really advocating for yourself almost like as really nurturing yourself is what I'm looking for. Um, and so she'd planned this weekend and her partner asked her to switch and why, you know, she, she had like come to me and, and was like, well, yeah, like, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I, she was so upset, so disappointed and angry and all the things. And she had a great relationship with her partners and her group, by the way. And so, but she came on and she was like, yeah, so I can't go on my trip now. And I was like, okay, but let's just pause right there. She was like, no, I have to cancel because my partner asked me to switch weekends. And so I need to switch weekends and I can't go on my trip. And so we kind of worked through that, like, cause, cause her gut reaction was to essentially abandon her own wants and needs in order to accommodate, uh, his, her, her partner, her male partner. And I don't know if the gender actually matters. Um, I don't know if she would have felt differently if it was a female partner. Um, but that's kind of where she came. She was like, I no, I, I want to be a good teammate. I want to be seen as, you know, part of this team. I have to switch. And I was like, yeah, but no, you don't. <laughs> Who says? <laughs> and she said, no, but I don't want other people to think that I don't value them and then I don't care about them and I am a bad teammate. I don't want anybody to think that. And then I'm a bad doctor because I don't work well with others. And so at first she really didn't, you know, understand that like that doesn't mean you have to cancel your wants and needs and caring for yourself. Um, And so once we kind of worked through that of like, listen, why is, you know, your partner's request um, or anybody in your group's request, why would that be more important than what you want or need? And you're in your downtime. And so, you know, we kind of had like a light bulb moment 
and it was, you know, long story short, she ended up, you know, handi- handling that in a way that she was proud of. And she said, no, <laughs> I can't. I actually, I have plans for some, some really good self-care and I've been planning it for a while. I can't switch this time, but I, you know, I would love to help you in the future if, if I'm able to, you know, um, you know, so it, I think that it was just so interesting because she, you know, she, she kind of came to that solution after we, we pointed out like, okay, but you're, you're basically sacrificing your needs for someone else's. Right. And I think that that's kind of what good doctor syndrome is all about. Right. And same thing. So like someone, um, you know, comes to you and they're like, Hey, um, Hey doc, you know, someone from like the front desk and they're like, we need to add on this patient, um, to your schedule. And, um, even though you're already double booked in that spot, um, you know, and our first reaction is, well, this patient needs help. Of course. Yes. I want them. I don't want them to think I'm a bad doctor. And I said, no, I don't want them to see me as someone that's not willing to work with the staff either. I don't want my office to think that I don't want someone to say that I, um, didn't get them in whenever they needed to be seen because they were having, you know, some trouble. Um, I, you know, and so it's all about how we might be seen sometimes too, right? And so we want to be seen as good. And that's part of, I think, this this whole good doctor syndrome as well. Is like we want to be seen as good and maybe not just good. It's like me growing up. I wanted to be seen as the best, right? I, of course, will add you on is what I used to would have said, right? Like I <laughs> used to would have. You like that? Some good grammar coming out. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I love it whenever I catch myself like that, y'all. It just, sometimes my my oaky grammar comes out and my twang, it, it follows right behind. <laughs> I love you all for, for just accepting me as, as I am. And so that's just an example right there because I love it. Um, so, you know, a few years ago, five years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Just, uh, it's fine if I'm triple booked, just add her on, yes. You know, like I, but then I would have resented it later because, of course, in the moment being triple booked, I would have been so angry. <laughs> and that's how you really grow that resentment towards your office staff or your practice or just medicine in general, right? And um, it's also not a great way to uh, live outside of survival mode because you're being pulled in so many directions, you are being overwhelmed literally by more people than you could see at once. You could literally see one person at a time, y'all. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Whenever y'all are out there and you're like, yeah, I'm like double booked every slot. And I'm like, but there's only one of you. <laughs> I love you guys. And you're very good at what you do. But damn, like give yourself some credit here. There is one of you. Okay. And so Uh, you know, that overwhelm then puts you in a survival mode and then you are in fight or flight and we know where that goes, y'all. Okay. It goes straight to burnout. Okay. So, you know, having this, you know, this thought of like, well, yeah, I want to be the best or I want to be seen as good. I can't have anybody else thinking of me um, as not good. I think a lot of that comes from getting to be the academic people that we are to get into med school and everything that comes before that, right? But then the the culture of medicine really propagates that, of course. Um, you know, if you get a question wrong whenever you're rounding as a med student, and 
and you know there 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 may not even be anything that is you know said blatantly but sometimes there are inferences that can be made from body language or even comments that maybe are passive um, passive aggressive comments about not knowing what the answer was either from attendings or residents or even your peers or even a patient right whenever you're a med student right there are comments of like do you even know what you're doing right did you even read last night um, you know do, did you even look at your your patient's chart this morning right um, just little little ways that that have been taught throughout the the history of medicine right to to kind of teach by um, by shaming, essentially, or by embarrassment or, or public humiliation is, is a great way to get someone to have good doctor syndrome, right? And so I, I advocate to all of you out there that are doing the, the good work of working with our students and our residents, like, oh my gosh, y'all, you guys are out there putting in the work. Um, but just remember that, like, even whenever we're frustrated um, with those that don't know as much as we do or that we are trying to get to learn as much as we do so that they can graduate or pass the test or whatever, that just remember how some of us were taught and what that propagates, okay? And so that's how we're going to change the culture as well. So we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be passing on this good doctor syndrome, right? And then, you know, the other, the other way I see this is whenever we are interacting with our superiors in our training, right? Like we have upper levels, we have chiefs, we have attendings, right? Or fellows. There is a hierarchy that is very clearly stated, right? And we know what we need to do to be, you know, in their good graces, right? Like usually, uh, for the most part, I think we do. And we want to be in their good graces because they're our boss and we need to make sure that we're doing the things they tell us to do. Um, and that makes us a good doctor, right? And then if we do well, they do well, and then maybe we get praised by the attending, whatever it is, okay? Once we graduate, once we become the big kids, right? Once we grow up, however however long that is, I don't know, I'm still waiting to grow up. I still kind of daydream about what I want to be when I grow up sometimes, but once we have our big kid jobs and we're out in the real world, all of a sudden, that hierarchy of the culture of medicine that we've been in for at least eight years, maybe longer for some of y'all, at least eight years for OBGYNs, um, that hierarchy is absent all of a sudden, right? You know, you're, you start your new job uh, August after your chief year, whatever, whenever you start your new job. Um, hopefully you guys, if you're a resident, I encourage you to take some time off. <laughs> I know you need the money, but take a couple months, okay? Don't rush into your first job. You've got time. You've got time to work later. Anyway, if you can swing it, do it. Um, we, we, you know, go into our first job and all of a sudden the hierarchy that has been there, the system that has been there, our entire quote unquote doctor lives is gone, right? And so that used to be a source of validation for us. It used to be a source of you know, good job, a girl, a boy, you know, the, the, you know, upper level cheering you on or the chief cheering you on or even the attending, like, oh my gosh, if you got that, that was awesome, right? And so, you know, that sense of you are doing a good job. Here is your, here's your end of rotation review and it's good, right? That's, that's what we like lived for in those days, right? And so we get out and 
We don't have that. But we do work for someone a lot of times, okay? There's not, maybe there's some of you out there that go out and start your own, um, you know, business or practice or join a private practice and you are just a partner. Sure. But a lot of times in, in the day we live in, we are now working for a hospital system or we have a, a large group that has, you know, bosses, right? Like we have some admin above us. And it's not the same, right? It's not the same. The The camaraderie isn't there, The um, at least not often, okay? And so we aren't getting that quarterly review or that, you know, end of rotation review that says, yes, you are an excellent doctor. Here's all the positive comments of what the attendings had to say or the students had to say or whatever, right? And so you don't get that feedback. And so then we look to other places, right? We've talked about that. We look to our patients and their reviews of us. We look to, okay, well, they do send me out this review or uh, this RVU report every so often. And look, I am, I'm, you know, not doing as well as these other people. Then we compare ourselves, right? So we compare ourselves to our peers because we don't really know where we fit in. And if they're doing really well, I want to be like them. Okay, I need to do that, right? You know, we are looking, we are seeking for that gold star. We are craving that validation. And so, you know, and that's part of the good doctor syndrome. That's part of how we are set up um, just because of how we were trained. We just, we start to feel like, well, I don't know if I'm good. And then sometimes we go on the other opposite side, right? Of like, I don't think I'm good. Uh, and then that's like the an imposter syndrome type thing. Like everybody um, seems to like think that I'm doing okay, but if they only knew, hopefully they don't find out, right? That I'm not what they think that I am, right? Or hopefully they don't find out that I'm not perfect, right? And so I think that just recognizing that we we are trained in this way um, and and these nine signs that I went through may be just what we were used to, right? Maybe it just comes from, oh yeah, okay, that's that's how I was trained, but maybe it's not like that anymore, okay? Just starting to question that, gaining awareness about it, starting to question it, and starting to think, maybe I don't have to, to function that way anymore, right? Maybe I don't have to say yes every time they ask to add on a patient, right? And so maybe I don't have to say yes if a partner asks to switch weekends if I don't really want to, right? And not because we, we are a bad teammate. We are not, okay? We're good teammates. Almost all of us, I guarantee you. But we also have to realize that putting ourselves last does not increase our worth, right? Sacrificing ourselves does not increase how good of a doctor we are, right? Betraying ourself for the sake of others does not increase how uh, how good we are or how accepted we are how lovable we are if we're the best okay putting ourselves you know last doesn't change any of that okay it doesn't even affect that and so the reason i know this is because our self-worth is not tied to how we interact with other people or how good we are at, at doing a hysterectomy. That doesn't determine if you're a good person, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't determine, you know, if you're, if you're a good doctor, right? I know, I know some people that are amazing doctors. They don't like to operate. 
that's okay. It's not their favorite thing. I know some people that are really, really good at forceps, like forcep deliveries, because that's how they were trained. And I, I used to really envy that because I, I, you know, held a pair of forceps for the minimal amount of times that I was supposed to for residency. And that was it. Right. And, you know, we just didn't have that exposure. Um, and so I used to think that they were somehow better than me. You know, that's a good doctor right there. They could do beautiful forceps and I can't. So I'm not as good of a doctor. No, that doesn't mean shit. Okay. I'm great at a vaginal hysterectomy and they aren't right. Like we all have our things that we're good at and that we enjoy more than, more than something else. So comparing ourselves to others doesn't get us anywhere either. Okay. So good doctor syndrome tells you that your worth comes from, you know, from how we, how we, you know, treat our patients, how we interact with others, um, how we are seen, right? Um, who we can be for other people, right? So that's where good doctor syndrome comes from, right? So we need to start creating instead the, the idea in our head that actually a good doctor is, is me, right? I'm doing enough as is. I'm a good doctor even if I don't ever do another forcep delivery, right? I'm a good doctor even if I didn't ever do another vaginal hysterectomy. I'm a good doctor because I say that I am good, okay? Because I am a human. And, and let me guess, let me, let me tell you this because guess what? You don't even have to agree. You are a human, so you are worthy of love. You are worthy of acceptance. You are worthy of being a good human being without having to do anything else. Your, your worth is inherent, okay? And so even if you don't agree with me, you can borrow my belief if you don't, if you don't believe yet, but um, I know that you're good. And, and that's, you know, so if you need to borrow that, you totally, totally, totally can. Okay. So I want you to kind of ponder on this because all of this is going to increase burnout, y'all. Any of these nine, nine signs, any of the good doctor syndrome, all it does is increase, you know, your burnout, increase your resentment towards your job, um, and decrease your happy at work. And I want all of y'all to, to be able to find your happy again. That's what the happy gynecologist is about here, y'all. I created this um, because I I wanted to to share with others, you know, how I found my happy again. And and so now I, I, you know, strive to share that with you. So, all right, I've rambled on long enough today, y'all. I love each and every one of you. I hope you guys are doing great. I will talk to you guys next week. All right, bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.